first round. Pick Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the troll was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. Good young players with the draft all back. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Wide receivers, running back, tackle, quarterback. Every year in the draft, there has been a trade. Ricky Williams. John Dolphin. It's either in-season or draft season. Or off-season, I guess. I guess. Well, yeah, there's there's draft and then there's the horrible period before the uh, season, before training camps start. It's pretty brutal usually to get through. Whole lot of um, roto, a whole lot of roto world visits. Uh, Basically, you're just you're just waiting for training camp, hoping that no one injures themselves training or gets arrested. Yep. That's that's the that's basically what you yeah. That's the that's the blue and red the blue and red period. (laughs) Um, all right, boys. Uh, I wanted to talk some lions with with you guys because been thinking about them this weekend. Feel like we haven't touched on them because obviously they weren't in the playoffs. So for for good reason leaving things uh, with the Lions tabled for, for that period of time. But now it's the draft season. These Stafford picks are, are coming into focus now. Obviously, uh, Ify Melifonu was the, the first one, but then you've got the the Rams pick this year and the Rams pick next year. Right now sitting on four first-round picks in the next two drafts. You also have a, a comp pick probably coming in the third round this year, five picks in the first three rounds. So a lot to discuss uh, for the Lions and definitely a lot of needs across the board Maybe before we got into some of my uh, personal thoughts, uh, I wanted to do a little role play with you boys. I have I have four scenarios. Um, in each of the scenarios, uh, you guys are going to get two each. It's going to be fair, split down the middle. But you you guys are going to play Brad Holmes uh, in all four of the scenarios, and I'm going to be playing various league figures, and we're gonna we're gonna figure some stuff out. Let's do it. Are you boys excited? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is great. All right, we're gonna start out with 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 Tommy. Yeah, I, I, we should really get into this, boys. Let's I get into it. See, you know, you guys are in Hollywood now. Yep. You know, let's 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 get into character. Um, maybe I'll, I'll put in some maybe some some phone call sound effects too. Maybe into the into the Garage Band. Tommy, uh, you are Brad Holmes, and uh, I'm gonna be Duke Tobin, the Bengals GM. Yep. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready, man. Duke, how we doing? Good, Brad. You know, uh, just got done with the Super Bowl run. Upset that you know that we didn't pull through in the end, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was a great season for us, and I think everyone across the league knows you know where our issues are, and that's a uh, you know along in the trenches. Last year, we we passed on your guy Sewell, who had a, a nice season for Chase, but I feel like we made the right decision in that, and I feel feel comfortable in that decision a year later. 
but our trenches man got got exposed throughout the playoffs. My quarterback was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. I'm not loving these options later in the first round. And uh, you guys have a an, a tackle in Taylor Decker, who I'm I'm interested in potentially acquiring via trade. You can put Sewell at his at his natural position at, at the, on the left side and. You know, last year a guy like Orlando Brown was, was dealt like this, and I'm I'm willing to give you our 31st pick and our, our 2022 fourth. Wow! Uh, for the rights to, to Taylor Decker, I'm wondering uh, what you thought about that. Mm. That's an enticing offer. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Lions. What is what is the strength of the Detroit Lions roster? I would say it's the offensive line. It's probably the only strength of the roster. I would say, and this is this is the right price. This actually might even be, you know, you guys are probably more familiar with Taylor Decker uh, than me. I know Taylor Decker is a good tackle, but this is kind of is. I mean, I guess Orlando Brown, Orlando Brown, Laramie Tunsil's name is getting thrown around too as a guy who will be a potential trade casualty. The price is right. I'm just not necessarily sure if this move is worthwhile for the Detroit Lions. We have 32. We would be getting 31, correct, in a 2022 fourth? Yeah, end of of the fourth round, giving you our end of the fourth round pick. I think we're going to pass on this. And and I'm a guy who loves, you know, I see the draft as a can't-miss opportunity. You're just going to get stars all around. But I think right now the Lions are in a position where we're going to have two first-round picks this year and next year. The only strength of our team is the offensive line. Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell are, you know, Easily, I'd say a top ten tackle tandem. We're probably probably planning on, and then the other side of the coin is, what are we going to do with this pick? Are we going to draft? We probably want to draft a quarterback. Um, and are we really, you know, we want to see something else that's not Jared Goff? Do we really want to put that player? Uh, he's already in a disadvantaged situation. Do we really want to put him in even a more disadvantaged situation and, and take away the only strength really um, of our team? So I think. While it is enticing and the Lions could use as many draft picks as possible, I think we're going to decline that trade and keep our keep our uh, bookend tackles strong and continue to build this roster up. All right, Brad. If anything changes, you know, let me know. We will, Duke. Lee, any analysis from that exchange? I would have taken that trade in a heartbeat. I would have taken that trade very easily because... I think that although Taylor Decker is, as we speak, probably the best lineman on the Lions, the rest of their linemen are really, really good. You plug in, uh, you know, you plug in Vitae back at right tackle, or you address it in the draft or in the free agency, just getting a, a right tackle, like a replacement level right tackle. And Sewell at left tackle, I think the line obviously takes a hit, but I don't think it's significant enough of a hit to make it a weakness by any stretch of the imagination. And to me, having those two picks at the end of the first round, the way I'm analyzing the draft right now, and granted it's, you know, February, so things could change, but it puts you in a position where you can take a Thibodeau or Hutchinson with the second pick. You can take that game-breaking defensive player, and now you have two swings at the end of the first round to get a quarterback like Carson Strong and a playmaking receiver who will inevitably be available at the end of the first round. That's the big thing for me where it's like you're going to you have four or three picks in four spots. You have 31, 32 and 34. And you have three swings right there to just completely add skill 
and explosiveness to your roster. And I think that's a rare opportunity that you can't really pass up. I'm not sure what Decker's contract situation he is. He just got re-upped. Um, he just got he just well, got signed. Yeah, the, the the dead cap would be about 12, 13 million. I don't think the Lions are in a position right now where they care about the dead cap. Yeah, I just think, man, go and grab David Bell. Go and grab, you know, David Bell, Carson Strong, and then You can do that regardless. The- you can do that regardless, you know? You have thirty two and thirty four. I get what you're saying, Lee, but I think the opportunity cost of losing Taylor Decker, who I'm I'm looking at PFF right now. I know this isn't uh, objective fact, but he was a 75. What did you say there? A 75.5 overall grade, 84 pass block, and 66 run block. So it looks like he thrives as a as a pass blocker. He's 27 years old. He'll be 28 in August at the start of the next year. Um, yes, we don't necessarily care about dead cap, but we still we have a lot of draft picks. Obviously, if if there was another, you know. I just don't think sacrificing the offensive line, which is an incredibly strong unit, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Sewell, and Taylor Decker, those are four really good players that you have right there. You have arguably a top five offensive line in the NFL. Um, Your roster needs a lot of help, which is why another draft pick would help. But I think with 32 and 34, you're just going to have to plug another hole if you get rid of Decker. Forget about the financial impact of eating the dead cap. Who's going to replace Taylor Decker when this dude is going to be 28 in August, he can probably play out the rest of his contract at a reasonably high level till he's 32 or 33. Um, I don't, you know, yeah, you can move Sewell. It, you're just going to have to plug another hole, essentially. And it's hard to find good tackles, good offensive linemen um, in the NFL. And also, I think from a cultural standpoint, the fact that you drafted this guy in the first round in, uh, in 2016, he's been here, he's been here for life. He lives in Birmingham. I see him walk around Bates Street. I, I've seen him with that huge Buckeye tattoo on his arm. Um, I don't, you know, I just think it's kind of a, a, a sideways move unless, you know, obviously getting three swings at the bat um, at the back end, you'd have four swings at the bat in the top 35 picks, including a number yeah, two I mean, overall pick, which is incredibly enticing. But you're going to ultimately have to pick. I think that's murderer's row right there, getting 31, 32, and 34. And if you can get a quarterback with one of those picks and then surround him with some talent, you're, you're cooking with gas a little bit. And I'll sacrifice – and Taylor Decker, you're right. I mean, he's young, but he's the, this is a rebuild. He's the oldest player on that line by a couple years. I think the rest of the line could make up for his loss if, like I said, you get a replacement level. I'm not sure who the free agents are this year at right tackle, but I'm sure you can go find a replacement level right tackle that can get the job done. Um, and let Sewell, that's another thing what we're not talking about is like Sewell's going to play right tackle. And that to me is something that it's like, I guess a good problem to have, but he should be playing left tackle. You drafted him in the top 10. He's, you know, 20 years old. This is your staple left tackle. I don't um, think that matters too much, and if, I, if I may. I, I, think, I think that it, it, it doesn't matter, but it's just more context to give to the trade. It, not it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter that much. But it's more context to give to the trade. And I just think that you, it would be – I, I just don't think you're selling low on Decker. I just don't really feel like it's a, it's a low sell because he is a really good player. But I think you're being compensated properly for it. You are, you are being compensated properly. You can make an argument that you're you – know, it, it is a fair deal. I just, but it's like how much worse is the offensive line, you know? How much worse if they go get a replacement level? But you're a team right in the Lions tackle. that has 
a really, really good offensive line, which is really hard to do. And you've seen, you know, teams with... The line is would be really, really good without Decker. The line would still be yeah, really good. I, it would be That's worse, though. Argument. It would be worse unless you can find... It's like, what's the value of a, replace, a replacement level right tackle, well, I the guess. receivers are the worst in the NFL by... Yeah, and a, but a guess ton. what? Take the $13 million you would and go get a receiver in free agency or hit, take a swing in the draft or do both. They have cap room. Like, they can attack free agency. Obviously, it's not... Klopp, what do you think? Well, let's let's keep going. You know, we, yeah. can, we, we, can, we, can, we can circle back. Um, I think this one, this next one, Louis, might, might build a little bit on what you were talking about a little earlier. Uh, I'm going to be Aaron. We're, we're in Allen Park, Lee. Okay. Right? We're, we're, in, we're in the offices. Uh, Aaron, I'm, I'm going to play Aaron Glenn, and, and you're Brad Holmes. Okay. I'm, 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 not Aaron, Aaron, come on in. Come on in, Aaron. Brad, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. How are you? Good. You know, I don't want to... Yeah, I know the draft is your deal. I'm, I'm just the defensive coordinator here. Uh, but I've been looking at some of these mocks, man, and I see us getting Kayvon Thibodeau, getting Aiden Hutchinson. I've looked into them. They they're both they both look like great players. Um, but I got to tell you, man, as a, as a former DB coach down in New Orleans and, and looking at our, our safeties right now, we've got Will Harris. And I know you're a big Brady Breeze guy, but, you know, these aren't starting level guys. And, and I'm looking at this guy. I'm cutting some tape on Kyle Hamilton, man. Three-year starter at Notre Dame. Freakish measurables. Freakish athletic ability. I think, you know, I could do a lot with him in, in our scheme. I think he can do things that I can't coach up. And we're getting a quarterback. We got a lot out. I got a lot out of Charles Harris last year who hadn't done anything. You know, I believe in myself when it comes to manufacturing a little bit of pass rush. But... You know, if you, you want to take a look at drafting Kyle Hamilton second overall, you know, you should you should look into that, Brad. What do you think? I would absolutely look into it. You know, this is this is something that kind of goes without saying, I think. I mean, if if you know, when, when Aaron, someone I respect as much as you, walks into the office after the year that you had and the things you bring to the table as a football mind, um, you know, I'd love to have take out some time in my day and we could have a meeting and we can cut the tape together. That's something that I would want to do, um, but I I can't sit here and tell you that's who I'm. You know, I'm not going to make a pick based off of, uh, you know, it's all just information. So I, I'm in a I'm in a process right now where I'm gathering information and trying to make the best decision for the organization, and uh, that very well could be Kyle Hamilton. Um, but we're at a point right now where we have time and we're we're putting our best efforts towards finding out who that player is. And uh, we, we, we want you to be a big part of that process. So I appreciate you, you know, bringing your, bringing your uh, opinion to the table. And I hope you continue to do that as, uh, as time goes on here. Because we're all in this together. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Um, I, think that's, I think that's interesting, man. I think the Lions taking Kyle Hamilton is an interesting... Uh... Can, Lee, does, can Lee talk now? Lee can talk, yeah. I would never take Kyle Hamilton with a second pick, especially after uh, Okuda. I know they're different well, players I mean, and they play hey, for, different hey, positions. Be, but... my, my idea with the thought was is you assume the body of, of, of Brad Holmes. Oh, you, yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're assuming the body. We can, we can rewind. Uh, you're, you're assuming the body of Brad Holmes, and I, as Aaron Glenn, come, come pounding on the door uh, standing on the table for Kyle Hamilton. Lee's out here like he's in an audition, like he's about to, he's about to be like Kevin Costner. Well, I mean, it's in, like you in come into my office and tell me, you know, you know, you, you, like I respect the opinion, but I would, I would never draft Kyle Hamilton second because, first of all, I don't, 
think that I think that he's kind of like a tweener a little bit. I don't necessarily think he's like a true safety. He's almost a little bit like Isaiah Simmons in my opinion. Um, I don't think he's as good as Isaiah Simmons was coming out of college. And uh, I just think that the edge rushers are better options. And I wouldn't take Kyle Hamilton I think, in the top 10 probably. Are you serious? Yeah. I think Kyle Hamilton's an absolute freak. I think, I think the conversation is what are the Lions going to do with him if they draft him? And what's the value of tra- taking a safety? I think he's... He's similar to Simmons. Yeah, he's a freak, just like Simmons. Yeah, but Simmons, and just like like just Hamilton, like Hamilton is much and more. Thibodeau's a freak. Hamilton is much more of a, a true safety, I think, than Isaiah Simmons. I think Isaiah Simmons is, is bigger than Kyle Hamilton. Um, I think it's I think it's I think it's interesting. I think all kind of options should be on the table, and I think it kind of comes back to, you know, a guy like Aiden Hutchinson or, or Thibodeau and what they can do in the pass rush versus what Kyle Hamilton can do in the pass game. Um, you know, I haven't dug into all these guys yet, but Kyle Hamilton is a guy that I am pretty familiar with just because he's been being hyped up for a couple of years now, um, has been a three-year starter, like Adam said, at Notre Dame, has unbelievable range and was playing unbelievable football up until he got hurt, I believe, right, Lee? Didn't he hurt his ankle he did. this year and um, he did. didn't get to finish out? But I think, yeah, um, I think it was his ankle or his knee. I think he's a, I think he's a truly special um, prospect in the same way that Hutchinson and Thibodeau is. So I'm not saying the Lions should be taking Kyle Hamilton there, but I do. Think- yeah, I'm just lower. I'm lower on him than I think everybody. I don't think he's. I don't think he's like an X factor player in the NFL. All right, Tommy. I'm. I'm back. I'm back to you. Um, I'm going to be Trent Balky, GM of the GM of the Jags, making a, making a call to Brad Holmes. Trent. Brad, what's up, man? We're uh, two peas in a pod, eh? At the uh, top of the draft, huh? Yep, we are indeed. You got a hot seat on you a little bit uh, this offseason, huh? I think, I, think, I, think the seat, I think the seat's a little hotter in Duval, but uh, I appreciate the concern, Trent. Hey, man, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking to get some, some weapons from, from my quarterback um, in, in this offseason and you got a tight end that I think you know maybe hasn't done as as well as maybe you'd hoped from a prior regime. Not a guy you brought in, and uh, a guy who's probably going to want to get paid relatively soon. And I think I can you know get the most out of him here in Jacksonville. I've got a coach who who uh, coached Zach Ertz up pretty well. I'm interested in acquiring uh, T.J. Hawkinson, man. And uh, I'm giving I'm willing to give up a guy that we brought in who isn't doing so well for us. Maybe you guys can turn him around in in Lavisca Chenault. But I'm also going to offer. Uh, our pick at the top of the third round, pick 65. Mm. What do you say? Wow, that's interesting. Uh, that's an enticing offer, but I'm going to have to decline. I'm going to have to decline, and I'm going to use uh, kind of the same logic uh, that I used with Taylor Decker, man. And I think TJ Hawkinson, yeah, I guess he's he's underwhelmed, and he probably should have never been a top 10 pick in the first place. But I think we believe down here in Allen Park and down in Detroit, Michigan, that TJ Hawkinson – uh, is a really special talent, and he's our best receiver right now. And bringing in a guy like LaVisca Chenault would be would be big. He's a big player. Getting that third-round pick, uh, you know, controlling, you know, just having some, some power in the top 65 right there. Um, and, you know, this is a deep tight end class, but bringing in a, a, a rookie tight end or going out and signing a tight end, again, I think we're – 
you know, the, the ship is kind of sinking over here in Detroit, and, and we can't afford to put any more holes in it. We need to, we need to, we need to plug some holes down here in Detroit. Um, and and we're, we feel confident about the, the receiver class in this draft, and we think we're going to be able to get some, some good players and maybe even attack free agency. So, again, a guy that we drafted uh, in TJ Hawkinson, yes, it was a different regime, but a guy who's, who's a part of this culture here. And uh, we, we really believe in his talent uh, coming into year three. This is typically when uh, you see receivers, tight ends, start to take a, a next big jump. Um, he does great in the running game. Year four. Year four. Is for Hawk. It's year four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Still year four. Sealy. That was Sealy one, baby. That was yeah. man. That was. <laughs> or no, that was Sealy two, man. It was Sealy two. It was, oh, it was. It was twenty nine. It is. Yeah. Geez, what year of the dynasty league is it? This is going to be year four of the Dynasty League, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's going to be year four. All right, so it's about yeah. to be year four for Hawk. Either way, a yeah. uh, guy who does great in the run game for us is a really is a really good blocker and uh, a guy that we can use in the pass game, and we really haven't been able to take advantage of his uh, skills. And the more that we build up this receiver core, I think the more valuable it makes him and the more valuable it makes our passing attack. So, again, another enticing offer, but I think we're going to stand put here with Hawkinson. All right, Trent. Appreciate it. All right, no, no, no. You're Trent. You don't call me Trent. You don't call oh, me and, and, and can tell me I'm on the hot seat and then call me Trent. Sorry, Brad. All good. All good. Hey, good luck down there. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, see you. Uh, see you in Arizona. <laughs> um, Lee, any 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 added thoughts there? Yeah, I disagree again. I would have taken that trade in a heartbeat. I think uh, getting getting that 65th pick and Lavisca Chenault. Um, uh, I think TJ Hawkinson's been underwhelming. Um, I don't think he's as good of a run blocker as Tommy has ever said he has been. Um, I think LaVisca Chenault's a better football player than TJ Hawkinson, honestly. So I think you're getting a better football player and a pick. And tight end, in my opinion, um, this is this is an incredibly deep tight end class. And uh, I just haven't seen, like, I, I think you can say the same thing about Chenault. But I haven't really seen what Hawkinson brings to the table that's like irreplaceable. Um, I don't think he's in like an elite tight end. Um, I guess he has the potential to be elite. I'm still kind of waiting to see it. There's been some injury issues, so I don't know. I yeah, love I, mean, I think from, as a player, from my perspective so. with, with Hawkinson, it's just like I think you're rightly where it's like, what does he do that's you know not like replaceable? I would say though, it's like you'd probably maybe you know bring in two guys like. You know, I think he's a he's a pretty good catcher, you know, receiver yeah. of football, and he's a pretty good blocker. I think he yeah. you know, he's one of those guys where it's like, you know, when he's on the field, you're not necessarily tipping your hand, whether it's a run or a pass. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say too, it's just kind of a a position in the league that is not very um, deep when yeah. you're looking at you know at the all around tight ends in the NFL. I mean, he's Hawkinson is one of the top tight ends. Not necessarily just because he's that good, but I think just because there's a lack of good ones. So it's absolutely it's, that's that's what it is to me. But then it's like he's heading into his fourth season. You're going to have to decide on the fifth year option or not. You're going to have to decide whether you're going to want to give this guy a contract extension. How much money is he going to want? You know, are and you Tommy's over- saying like he's already the best receiver. It's like I think Chenault would would be the best receiver on the Lions. Like that's not high praise. Like the Lions don't have any good pass catchers. Yeah. So that also um, is like. I think we could we could split hairs over that, but I don't think you know. I think you would be in the minority opinion saying that. Not and that's not really a reflection on Chenault. I just think 
Chenault's dealt with injuries too. Obviously had a really underwhelming year in Jacksonville. I think both of these guys have been prisoners to their surroundings as well. Like, I think TJ Hawkinson is a baller. Um, yeah, he's had some injury issues. Um, he shouldn't go games in Detroit where he's not getting he's getting one target and he's not getting a catch. Like, I think he's he's had games where he's gone for over 100 yards as a tight end. That's pretty damn valuable. I think if he was on um, a little bit more prolific of an offense, he would be one of the guys that is talked about in the same vein as a Mark Andrews, um, Kittle, and Kelsey do. Like a I, I think I have yet to see that type of talent. I have yet to see that. And maybe that will well, Look happen, at a guy like Dallas really Goddard. Think, How much better is Dallas Goddard saying, than, oh, than TJ Hawkinson? Like Dallas Goddard. I don't think Goddard. I don't think Goddard's that much. I think I don't Goddard, think Goddard's that great. Goddard balled out He's this fine. year, man. Goddard had an unbelievable year. He was Jalen Hurts' number one receiver, um, and was a really big part of that offense. Um, I'm I'm gonna look up his stats real quick right here. But again, it's like I think T.J. Hawkinson is better than Dallas Goddard, and you saw, you know, yeah, he got he had 56 receptions for. Uh, 830 yards and four four touchdowns. Yeah, but it's not like the Eagles' offense was very pro. Like they force fed him the ball, kind of. Like they they didn't have a very prolific offense, passing offense. Like that's not he he wasn't the reason. Like so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. We can move on. I just I would I would take that trade. I also am above market on Lavisca. I always have been until he proves <laughs> to me that. He's indeed not good. Well, what's the which plan? Maybe will happen what's the this plan year. Tight end. Do you think tight end just doesn't? Matter? I think Lavisca Chenault has the potential to be a Debo Samuel type player. I still think that that potential is there. And I think that that potential to me makes it this trade completely worthwhile. Um, And I think that you can use him in a ton of different ways. He's young, just like Hawkinson. It's two young players and you get a third round pick to boot, which seems like that's really valuable in my opinion. I think this draft is super deep the same way the fourth round pick in the Decker trade is valuable. Um, being able to acquire another pick and then go get a tight end in the third round. You know, you can get a Weidermeyer perhaps in the third round who I really like um, and I think could, you know, probably not as good of a blocker as Hawkinson, but I think that he's got the potential to be a really good starting tight end in the NFL. So that's kind of where my head would be at. Again, I just think it makes you, it does make you worse for this year. Like I think you then you would have to sign a tight end. I think the, 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 to expect a rookie tight end to come in and replicate TJ Hawkinson's production, whatever I'm you think of that. He's replicate his no, production. I'm saying you have to replicate that production. Like why are you getting worse at the tight end position? What was his production? He got hurt and had four touchdowns. Dude, 100%, but he was like the number one receiver on a really bad passing offense for the majority of the year. I'm just saying, what is your plan at tight end? Like you can draft Jalen Weidermeyer, but what do you think Jalen Weidermeyer is going to do? in year one with the Lions. Like, do you think he's going to be as good as TJ Hawkinson? And then you're going to have to go spend... I think he could get four touchdowns, yeah. And then you're going to have to go spend money on... I think on... he could get four touchdowns. Yeah, I just think that's a, I think that's a dishonest little little quip that you're doing there. Because I could be like, you know, LaVisca Chenault. What did LaVisca Chenault do this year? Obviously... We just move on. This is because this, like this isn't going anywhere. All right. Uh, last last role play. Um, Lee, you're, you're again Brad Holmes. Uh, I'm going to be Jimmy Sexton... Agent of uh, Amani Orwarie. Okay. Hello, this is Brad Holmes. Brad, this is uh, Jimmy Sexton, CAA Sports. I represent Jimmy. Amani Orwarie. How are you? Of course. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm calling on behalf of my my client. He's uh, he's very happy in Detroit, um, and he just had a had a great breakout season. He, he started 14 games for you guys. Uh, had had six interceptions, most uh, most on your defense, 
and you know, big, long player. We think uh, he's got great potential in this league. He's entering the last year of his rookie deal, man, and uh, you know he's he's happy to play on it. But you know, we think he's going to have another great season, and you know he's he's also happy maybe to take a little money now to to secure his future for him and his family. I uh, mean, maybe get you know a little bit of a bargain, perhaps you know if you're if you're willing to trust us and, and pay him early because uh, he wants to be a lion for the, for the foreseeable future. So uh, I'm wondering if uh, maybe we could do a deal, three year extension, forty million dollars would uh, put him right with you know William Jackson and, and Marcus Peters in terms of you know the corner market just outside the the top ten. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that, my guy. I'm going to pass on that, Mr. Sexton. Um, I think we've got an incredibly deep corner room. Um, I think that Aaron Glenn is doing a great job. Coach, I actually just had a conversation with uh, Aaron, came into my office, and we were talking about the draft. I think he's done a great job coaching uh, coaching our corners up, and I think Amani's got incredible potential, but we're not ready to move in that direction at this point. We want him. We think we still think he has a little bit more to prove, um, and we like what we saw this year, but Obviously, getting Jeff back from the injury, um, you know, drafting, uh, drafting the guy last year, you know, we, we, we got pieces. So I'm not in a position right now where I feel like um, he's necessarily proven that he's in that fringe top 10 category. I think that he's maybe a year, another, you know, if he can replicate what he, what he did last year or something like it, then I'll be happy to pay him even more. But... Until that happens, I'm not ready to, to start negotiating about hypotheticals. All right, Brad, you're lost, man. All right, take care, man. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's an interesting um, thought experiment with, with Oruwari in the, in the corner room right now. Uh, with him entering his last year, I mean, Tommy, I'll, I can let you jump in and, and analyze that before I get into my Lions thoughts. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I, I think I agree. I think Oruarie, um, I, would, I would just wait a bit on him and, and maybe and, and let him prove. I would sacrifice potentially paying him a, more money as a potential you know, top eight corner if he balls out again um, yeah. this year as opposed to giving him money now when he's had one really good year. He had good college tape that we all liked. He's been pretty solid his whole um, career as a lion, but we don't. We're not really sure on you know how good is Amani or Warrior, and I let have him go out there and prove it. And if he proves it, we'll we'll eat the humble pie and we'll we'll pay him uh, handsomely for it. It's also like another good problem to have, where it's like if he does indeed prove that he's a top eight corner, then it's like fine, like that's that's great, you know. Um, yeah, I think I, I think kind think, of the interesting part of it is looking forward, right? Maybe like looking ahead to twenty twenty three. Say Amani has a has a, another really good season, just like he did this year, and Okuda comes back from injury and actually, you know, plays probably not ever up to the level that a third overall pick should have, but um, or, or should play at. But but maybe he's you know just say he 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 proves he can be a starter in the NFL, and you have Ify Melifonwu, maybe he stays healthy and, and shows some promise. Is that a situation where you let Amani walk and you and you maybe collect a comp pick? Right, mm-hmm. um, um, for him, uh, it's. I just think, but I, I really like Amani. I've been, I've been on him for for a while, even before the Lions drafted him. I put him as a second round grade. The Lions got him in the fifth round. Um, you know, the two years before the, uh, the his breakout season, he just wasn't even really given the snaps to, to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And 
this was the first year where he was really, you know, the their number one guy all season long, and uh, he played extraordinarily well. I thought, obviously, you know, he's not maybe a complete corner. Um, he he lacks a little bit of that longer speed, but I think at some points, you know, his his length really makes up for it. He's one of my favorite players on the team. I, I personally would love to, to see the Lions keep him around. And kind of the, the inspiration behind this was with what Brad, uh, or sorry, Bob Quinn did with, with Slay. Um, Quinn kind of paid Slay the year before he became, you know, who Darius Slay ended up becoming with, you know, his, his season in Detroit where he had eight interceptions. He kind of took the year before where he, he showed a lot of promise, paid him early, and ended up kind of getting a bargain for it. So, um, and then and then ended up trading him later for for a third round pick to to Philly. Yeah. So um, I, I'm an Armani guy and just wanted to to put that out there because I don't hear a lot of people talking about him entering his last year of his deal and, and whatnot. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think also my kind of takeaway from this thought experiment too is I don't think the Lions are in a position to part with really anything on their roster right now. I, and maybe that's just my own like. We all love the draft. We all love like, but you can't assume like you. And obviously, the more picks you get, the more you have to. You know, you go for doubles, and you and the more swings at the bat you get, like the more successful you will be. But the Lions are a bottom five team in the NFL, um, and we're pretty much discussing the only bright spots on their t- on their team. Um, you know, potentially getting rid of them and trading them. Um, I just don't. Yeah, but I also think it's a, it's a thought experiment in like how far away do the Lions like see themselves from competing, right? Because uh, you know Taylor Decker and, and T.J. Hawkinson aren't necessarily old like whatsoever, but it's it's just more of like a you know do they do you try and continue to amass draft capital um, like you did by by trading Matthew Stafford and, and really building the team you know in, in Brad Holmes's vision, or do you say, hey man, I really think in 2023 potentially we could be competing for the nfc north and i want taylor decker and tj hawkinson on my football team when we're doing that i think that there's a possibility that that is the case i think this division is we've talked about the division the packers and i think chicago and minnesota probably are thinking the same thing i think chicago is probably a little bit more on the same timeline as detroit but i think you know aaron aaron Rodgers' retirement aaron Rodgers leaving the packers it's that situation away from this division being completely open, and we could be sitting here a year from now, and the Lions. I mean, it really just comes down when the Lions get their quarterback, and you have a, a you know, potentially a lead offensive line in place, and you have you know T.J. Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown, and potentially more weapons there. Like that's a really enticing, enticing thing, I think, for a, a quarterback, whether it's a veteran or a a rookie. Yeah, and I also wanted to just. Going back to uh, talking about Kyle Hamilton, um, I tend to to agree with not I, I think I don't know I haven't done a ton of work on Kyle Hamilton. I obviously watched like the I watched the Florida State Notre Dame game and came away extremely impressed with what he did. Obviously, um, and I've watched like a couple of YouTube videos about it just because I've seen some Kyle Hamilton buzz um, to to. Uh, it's hard to scout the safeties with the with the broadcast tape, but. Uh, I mean, he seems like a, a quite an athletic player and potentially a unicorn, uh, one of those guys that you're looking for that can do a multitude of things, not just play safety, but maybe come down and play man um, and, and obviously make plays on the ball and also make plays in the running game. But also, it's it's a pretty strong um, free agency class in terms of safeties. I mean, you've got Marcus Williams, who uh, is a guy that Aaron Glenn will have familiarity with. Um, I think, uh, what's it, I'm blanking on his first name, Reed from, from the Texans. 
Jason John, Josh, Justin Reed uh, from the Texans is available. Jesse Bates is, is available. Um, I think there's another guy in there that I'm forgetting uh, in the in the safety class. There's like four or five safeties in free agency that I think are are could be decent signings. I mean, the Lions also you know need to decide if they're going to re-sign Tracy Walker or not. Um, and he was a guy who has been up and down throughout his rookie contract in Detroit, but um, was was on more on the upside last year than than not. So just just a lot of interesting uh, things, a lot of interesting directions the Lions still can go and. I think this is also too, in terms of the quarterback situation, um, you know, that's, that's something that also needs to be, absolutely needs to be addressed as well. So to me, going into this, I just want to kind of set up, you know, going into the, the offseason here, I think, you know, you have two more years to, to really rebuild this roster. So you're going to have two free agencies and, and two drafts, really, to, to get this team up and, up and running. I would hope by, I, honestly, I hope by 2023 that they can compete for a wild card spot. Honestly, that's that's how I feel about the what the timeline of this rebuild should be, and you know you're, you're you have a lot of draft capital and you you have a lot of time to, to still do it. But I think wide receiver, quarterback, linebacker, pass rusher, safety are are kind of the, the areas of this team you're you're looking to fill. So that's you know and, and those are all all five of those position groups to me are like well below league average. Like not you know it's not even like oh there's maybe a guy or two there that is, is part of the future maybe Amon Ra in, in terms of the wide receivers but all all of those position groups to me need big upgrades and uh, you, you got two off seasons to do it. Um, also wanted to throw out there Byron Pringle free agent. Let's maybe mm. let's bring, let's bring him in. Um, I just want to say that I'm content with the direction the franchise is going because it feels like a rebuild. It feels like it feels like last year was the first year of a rebuild and now we're in the you know, we're in the process of going into year 2 of this rebuild and it's it's very exciting to, you know. I just think that you know, I like Campbell, I like Aaron Glenn. I don't know about Holmes yet. We'll see, I guess. Um but I just feel like it, it actually feels like something I can kind of start to get behind a little bit. And I got to be careful because I get, I'm quick to, to, to jump on the lion's train. Um, when I, you know, the start just because something shine, you know, it doesn't mean it's gold, but I, I think that it, it seems like there's a process there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And like you said, with the timeline and the expectations of a wild card spot in 2023, I, I kind of agree with that, but ultimately it's going to come down to getting a quarterback. You know, if you can't get a good quarterback, and you're you're probably not going to be able to have that type of success. So they need to figure that out. It's going to be big. Could happen this year. Could happen. Um, so yeah, that that about does it for my for my Lions. Uh, I got my Lions out of me. Forty minutes. That should that should do it for the Lions. Any other any other Lions thoughts, boys? I th- no. I think. Uh... Yeah, I just think we're probably are going to be beating this horse to death. But just, I think this draft and this this free agency is is huge for kind of our evaluation of of Brad Holmes, and like what direction he takes his team in. And I think you bring up a lot of cool hypotheticals, Adam. And obviously, the second overall pick, I think, I think there's not going to be a lot of trading. Uh, maybe it's too early to say something like that. I, I think a lot of teams are going to stick and pick, um, and. Yeah, it's also interesting too because the Lions are just in such a position where they're going to have to take a swing on a quarterback, and if it doesn't work out, which it like 
your your hit rate on quarterback at like the top of the second round, end of the first round is not very high, and it's just gonna be there. There, that's a big decision because we're gonna look back at this draft in two or three years, and that top of the second round, there's gonna be some absolute studs that the Lions are forced to pass on because they need to take a swing at quarterback. Um, so I think that is uh, that's kind of like the whole enchilada too going forward. What is the plan with Goff? And I heard someone talking about it. Maybe I can get you guys a quick reaction on this. Um, I forget who it was, but they were just saying um, like the Lions potentially just like getting rid of Goff and just like eating eating the cap because for this year and like eating all the dead money because then next year he would be off the books completely, and you can just like I'd be a I'd be a huge fan of that. Yeah, fully just like talking about Taylor Decker eating thirteen million dollars, just like cutting Goff, eating thirty three million yeah. thirty million dollars this year, getting a quarterback, drafting you know a quarterback or two, or and signing. A guy, or you know, even I, I, you know, I'm sure Lee probably, you know, getting a guy like Minshew, man, like seeing what you can trade for, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even be opposed to them, like, like what, not what about take, Jameis? Yeah, or Jameis, offer him a, offer him a deal. Yeah, I like, I like not, I not like as your Minshew. future, but just hey, bring in Jameis and draft a cat. Yeah, like it depends what the price is on Minshew, but like I think it's really interesting to pass on quarterback at 32 and and i wouldn't be in the position where i'm going to trade any assets for, for Minshew. um i'd be looking to sign or draft a kid because mm-hmm. um, i don't that's, think this is a, a long-term answer and i'm not going to give up assets right now for for that yeah um yeah. i lee i would also wonder you know just talking about maybe who they could pick it to if say a team like the panthers or the commanders start getting in a in a you know Battle for, for that, a quarterback, war. and they want to yeah. come up and, and maybe offer a future first to, to come up to two. Are you willing to, to maybe risk on missing out on, on Thibodeau or Hutchinson for yeah, draft for sure. capital? For sure. Yeah. Because in every scenario that I play out in my head, when you outline that situation, they would probably have to overpay. Yeah. And I think that letting them overpay and taking the trade and you know getting a guy like Carl Loftus instead. Um, and then having a, for another first-round pick so to where you have three first-round picks next year, I mean, I think that's probably a better move. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, I think that that's an I, – I think it's unlikely, but that would be, I think, a home-run move. Also, too, because, like, Lee brought up Karloftis. Like, I think this draft class is kind of lacking – like, a lot of teams, I feel like, are going to have – it's going to be all over the board, and a lot of these talents are, like, very similar. Um. And I and you know probably the combine will like spell a lot of that, but it just seems like one through you know fifty is like kind of like anyone's guess. Where I feel like that's kind of the first. That's a that that is you know every year once you get past like the top ten that kind of becomes the case. But I think this year especially like once you get past you know and I think you know how much better is a guy like like uh, Aiden Hutchinson than. Um, Ojabo or uh, or Karloftis. Like he obviously is better right now, but like how how bad would that be for the Lions if they kind of took more of a, you know, uh, you know? I I think it's I think it's very interesting. I think it's very very interesting. And also, uh, sorry, a point that I was going to make too is like look at a team like the Eagles. If the Lions still need a quarterback uh, a year from now, which is pr- most likely the case, a team like the Eagles who have three first round picks and are being linked to Russell Wilson and like that, like. There's the quarterback market. I'm still, I'm sure, will still be, you know, right. Maybe, maybe Kyler Murray comes to town next year or a year from now. Who knows? Ooh. Who knows? But, 
but the, but being you know having that type of draft capital, it you you really control your own destiny. So I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just yeah, I, I I just don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think uh, the trade is gonna happen. I, I think that even even if there is the Willis hype or whatever, it most likely will be Willis hype. I don't think he goes as high as two. I just don't think the demand for quarterback is as high as it was last year. Kind of what we were accustomed to with that crazy class. So. Um, I think maybe like six in my head is probably like the ceiling of where the first quarterback could go, six or seven. Um, you know, I could be completely off, but that's kind of the way I see it right now. Well, I think I, – Go ahead, Tom. I was just going to say, I think you're right that the six or seven should be the highest a quarterback's going to go. It's going to be interesting to see how much hype really drives that. Like sitting here now in February, it's – it's like, yeah, that's the case. But, you know, every year there seems to be this unbelievable hype train. And, and whether it, like, actualizes itself or not, I guess, will remain to be seen. Yeah, I, I, um, I quickly, you know, we don't have to spend too much time talking about this because my, my opinions aren't fully formed yet. But I, I've been cutting uh, some Carson, Carson Strong and I've been cutting a little Malik Willis. Um, Carson Strong is, is intriguingly. I was, I was texting you a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. some of the throws he makes man like he's completing some throws that I think a lot of the quarterbacks don't even really like attempt um, yeah he, he's absolutely. not afraid to throw into tight windows uh, I also really love uh, how aggressive he is man I mean he's he's yeah. throwing down the field like a lot and yeah. he, he completes a lot of the passes as well it's not you know just like bombing without regard for you know but I think yep. I think obviously it's you know it's the lack of mobility. I, I send you a couple clips. I mean, he moves well in the pocket, right? But it's he's not really going to make like a free rusher miss. And then mm -hmm. I think you know when he starts throwing off platform a little bit, like if he gets pushed back slightly or just moved to the side, um, he's just not you know as great throwing off platform either. No. Nope. Um. So, but he's he's intriguing, man. I mean. Uh, He's a guy who clearly has shown on tape his ability to win from the pocket, um, which I think all of us would agree that, like, in the NFL, if you want to win, or at least if you want to win consistently season over season, you need a quarterback who can win from the pocket. And just look at the Super Bowl over the last two years, right? I mean, Brady, yeah. Mahomes, Stafford, and Burrow are some of the best, you know. And, and Mahomes obviously does a lot of stuff that is extra um, that, you know, is, is great and makes him so – so um, transcendent, but all four of those guys are, are also great operators from inside the pocket. Burrow and, and Stafford and Brady specifically, just because that's that's really what their game is. Um, and uh, Carson Strong has proved that to me that he he can win from the pocket. I mean, now jumping to the NFL is a is a whole different animal, and and obviously that. But he, I think you know that's to me is is kind of like one of those things you're looking for in an evaluation, and I think he checks that box. It's just yeah. the, the extra stuff that he doesn't really get you too excited about. And then, again, my, my opinion isn't fully formed, but I've watched two Malik Willis games from 2021 and two from 2020, and I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, obviously, there's stuff that he does on tape that's like, you know, it's wow moments, but they're, to me they're few and far between. Um you can like count you can go like games at a time watching him where you do not see him you know sit back in the pocket 
get off of his first read and then complete a throw to his second read. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I video I had took a video of like the one time I really saw it happen. And it's probably a combination of like the Liberty offense and then the and then just like Malik Willis, the player. Um, but I mean it really looks like he's just playing backyard football, man. Um I I think if Zach, like I texted this to you, Lee, like if Zach Wilson can go too, like so can Malik Willis. Um, at least with Malik, he has a much better arm in just terms of arm strength than, than Zach Wilson has, and he's much more of an athlete than Zach Wilson is. But um, everything else is – you can say everything else is a work in progress, and that's being kind almost. Um, the 2020 NC State game I think is probably the worst game I've ever seen from a quarterback prospect in my time of watching quarterback prospects that like get – round one or like top of round one consideration um it was awful. interesting i'll have to throw that i mean i haven't i haven't seen he, he objectively is is the reason they like lose the game um well just one of the i mean it's a terrible performance in general and then again like i said just one, probably the worst performance i've ever seen from a quarterback who gets the type of hype that he does he's also like six feet tall like he's not exactly like mm-hmm. a, a josh allen level of like because Josh Allen was also extremely raw, but at least he kind of had those ideal measurables uh, when you're talking about that. And then I also just like his running ability is like good. I mean, it's it's better than good. It's 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 top tier, but it's not like I don't think it's like game breaking in, in mm-hmm. any any sort of way that like Lamar is you know able to like survive purely because of, of his ability on the ground. And then my last point on Willis too is like even if you're in the second or third round and like you have him as a guy who's maybe like a backup, like what team wants like a guy like Malik Willis as their backup quarterback? Like he, he seems to me like he's either your starter or he's like, just not, you know, like I don't, he, he, I don't know. Anyway, the offense you'd have to make for him to be, to have some success um, is just would be somewhat hard to do if he was your backup to me. Um, So even like from a developmental standpoint, it's just like, you're almost going to be doing two separate things. Like if you're the lions and you bring him in, you have like golf ahead of him. Like you got to be running like kind of two different offenses to, to get the most out of those two players. So um, he's just an interesting evaluation where I, everyone is so high on him and they say you can go first round and they say like he could be a top 10 pick. Um, I just don't see it at all. And, and again, the book's not closed. I need to watch more games. I, I need to hear more about him, you know, see how he does at the combine of the pro day for whatever those are worth. I mean, it, from what you hear from the senior bowl, he was the most impressive player there for whatever that's worth. Um, I mean, clearly an elite arm, whether that means he can complete the throws is a, is a whole other ball game, but um, that's my little Malik Willis diatribe. Well, I mean, yeah, he had trouble completing throws his whole career. Though, so yeah. that's been, a, that's been an issue. I think he um, will. I think he's pretty much a lock for the first round. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I guess I kind of do too at this point. But I yeah, I think I think I think he definitely is. I think he definitely is. But I just think that a lot of that is, like you see every year with the draft, it's just a lot of it is media hype, and a lot of it is kind of people get um, carried away with their imagination of how what someone's potential truly is. I think, like when I even hear people talk about Malik Willis in the same category as Lamar Jackson it doesn't make any sense to me they're completely different players completely completely different players like uh, it's almost like I don't really get why they are even saying that they they don't play the same way at all I guess they're both athletic 
I think Lamar, like you said, Adam, is very clearly, and this isn't even a slight on Malik. It's like there's not a quarterback ever that has been as athletic and as uh, electric and elusive as Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's, he's, he's the best to ever do that. That's why he's been able to carve out a career for himself, a very successful career for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you guys know where I stand on Malik Willis. I mean, I've kind of had the same opinion about him the whole time. And, you know, I'm not surprised that he's going the first round just because of the hype. And, you know, I mean, Kenny Pickett is another guy who's like probably going to go in the first round. And that makes no sense at all to me. I like, I, college football fans have been watching Kenny Pickett for years now. And it's like, just because kind of had this breakout season statistically and Pitt did well in, in a down year in the ACC and Whipple, their offensive coordinator, was drawing some good things up and they did, you know, I don't want to undermine it too much, but it's just like, you know, you just got to at a certain point look at the player and try to imagine him in an NFL offense playing against NFL defenses on a week-to-week basis and being successful in the NFL is so hard. Um, and just putting them in those pressure, pressure situations, a lot of guys aren't going to be able to to succeed. And that's not necessarily um, a slight on them, but people, the media wants to make it so that there's good quarterbacks, you know, even they, they're going to try to fit, you know, a, a square peg into a round hole or whatever if they have to. Um, but I don't think that there are really, uh, like I've said before, I think Carson Strong and Sam Howell are the only two guys that I would personally make an argument for taking in the first round. And those guys are neither of, neither of which I would take in the top 10, maybe top 15. I have to watch a little bit more, depending on how desperate you are for a quarterback. So, so. Yeah. I just think let the record show that I think Malik Willis isn't anywhere near to a, as good of a prospect as Zach Wilson. Let the record show. I think I also did. But do you think he's a first round? I don't know, man. Uh, to be honest, you know, I haven't watched a lot of Malik Willis. I, I got a crush on him around, uh, you know, around May of last year, and I've seen all the wow plays. Uh, Adam kind of summed it up well, um, but I, I think there's a lot of, you know, I'm not about to defend the criticism against him, his ability to keep an offense on schedule, and I think the biggest criticism that I heard that Ad, that Adam said was um, him not going past this. He really is a first read quarterback. Uh, he does. He, and I think part of that too. I mean, is not even to be like unfair to him. It's like just like the offense that they run. It's like his first read is kind of like the. It's like RPO, right? I mean, it's like they have they have run action like on every single play. So it's like the first read it almost seems like it's the run, and then the second read is the one side of the field that there's any sort of a passing concept going on, right? So it's like, the and then and then and then in general, there's just a, a lack of plays where he's even staying in the pocket and, and completing passes from inside the pocket. So it's just more of a, it's more of a commentary on like, you see stuff like, Oh, could the lions take him at two? And it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and you never want to say like, that's never going to happen. Cause it, I mean, it could like if you, and here's the other thing I'd say, Lee, like if you're going to say, you know, at what point, if you think a guy is worth taking in the top 15, like if you're the lions, like why not just take him at two? Right. Or is yeah. that, you know I mean, cause it's like, it, well, for, it is, it is me, the quarterback position at the end of the day. Yeah. The only thing that with, with me was strong is just the knee. It really yeah. scares me away. Really scares me away. I mean, if he had a fully healthy knee, I would take him with the second pick probably. Do you think probably there's a chance I mean. he'd be like available at the end of the, or like the beginning of the third? 
Strong? Yeah. No. No. I think he's too good. I think he's too good. Even with the knee thing, I think he's too good. And the fact that I'm hearing hype about, you know, Pickett and Corral and Willis, these guys, you know, you know no, there's no reason Strong is going to slide. Yeah. I was just going to say the thing with Strong, I don't know if, if people, they, um, his he doesn't have any cartilage in between his bones on his knee. <laughs> Seriously, it's bone like, on bone. It's bone on yeah. bone, and I I watched a, a breakdown of him, of a of a, a YouTube analyst that franchise guy, and Carson Strong was his number one quarterback, and he uh, observed that Strong like lost velocity, like his the first six games of his season this year, his arm like was insane, and he said he saw he thought that he kind of lost some velocity. Uh, throughout the year, like towards the end of the year, because of his knee, uh, and he says you can clearly see that he's in he's in pretty bad pain. Um, but he is getting a, a surgery to put a cadaver cartilage in between his knees, and that supposedly is <laughs> is is pretty is pretty successful. So we'll ha- we'll have to see. But yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, sucks, I, I think that's a really that's I think that the fact that he brought that up is really interesting. The fact that he lost velocity because it totally makes sense when you think about it. And really, when I started falling in love, I knew Carson Strong as a prospect last year, obviously, just knowing that he was, you know, oh, this guy at Nevada. The same way anyone talks about quarterbacks, like, oh, this guy might be good. You know, he's been doing mm-hmm. well at Nevada. And that Jay Norvell with that whole offense, they put a lot on his plate, and he had some good stats. And, the, and Romeo Dooms, like, they had a cool offense. And um, Yeah, is that, that kid, uh, like, a draft prospect? He was impressive. Yeah. Is he this he's year? Good. He's, is he this he's year? Good. Yeah, he's yep. He's this year. Yeah, he's good. Apparently, Tommy told me he got like locked down at the Senior Bowl, but um, yeah. But he yeah, from so did Carson watched, Strong apparently too. He's pretty good. I read. I, I read. I I read contradicting articles yeah. about the Senior Bowl. It doesn't make sense to me. So I just kind of don't put any. It was also a weird it. year, I think, at the Senior Bowl because there was like that day where it just poured rain. And really? they, they had yeah. they had like three practices, one that was normal, one that poured rain, and one was that that was like indoors. So I think okay. there's a lot of different factors. Yeah. And I mean I, I just think my point what I was I was trying to say was when I really Carson Strong popped off the screen was week one against Cal. Um just being up late off the off the adrenaline of watching college football for the first time in, in a year. And it was the late night game, and I was really into it. And Cal got up early, and he just completely like put on a show. Like the guy put on a clinic in that Cal game, and it was just a really good football game. Like it was fun to watch, and he was his body language was great. He was zipping it around. The way he interacted with his teammates, I was like, man, like this guy is like a pro. He's like, you know. And then you start to see a little bit more of that the as Boise, the season goes on. The Boise State game was impressive to me, and the Kansas State game were both very yeah, impressive. Yeah, but to me. To, I'm I'm definitely going to check out some of the later games that are worse because I want to see what it's like when he's not like dealing. Because I I almost feel like that's part of the reason why I'm a little bit biased is because I feel like I've watched a good amount of Carson Strong, and it's almost like every time I watch him, it's not like he's always putting on a clinic, but like he's pretty consistently been like good. Like he is what he is. That's what makes him so alluring to me as a prospect yeah. is it's like you, I, you don't really get those moments where it's like he's gone off the, off the rails and he's like not, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'll throw picks and I'll make, you know, but he's just, uh, he's pretty consistent. And, and I think he's, uh, I think he's got a pretty high football IQ for whatever that's worth. I know it's hard to tell 
but just watching him and seeing how he responds to throwing an interception, um, just seeing the, the offense he ran and, and kind of like how big of a, a part of it he was. I feel like he was kind of a coach on the field. So it's another, just another point about it that I like. And hey, maybe I'm talking myself into him more just because there aren't any quarterbacks that I mm-hmm. love. So it's like, I have to be like, man, well, this is really my guy. You know, this is really my guy. Um, but it's just interesting because all these guys kind of had like objectively disappointing careers, except for Ritter. We were talking about it, you know, like, uh, yeah, strong, in terms of like team was, success. Yeah. Strong was fine, but Nevada kind of underperformed the past two years. They were, they, they, they probably, they weren't the favorite to win the mountain West ever, but they were definitely a dark horse and never could really win more than seven or eight games. Not that they were bad. Um, Willis, I mean, Liberty completely underperformed every year. Like they got overhyped every year and underperformed. Um, you know, I guess Pickett did well his last year at Pitt and Corral did pretty well at Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's no one who's like, wow, Sam Howell's like total, total disaster at North Carolina the past couple of years. Just complete, completely underperformed. Um, so got to, got to hit the film room a little bit and, and, and kind of see what's up with everything. But I know for a fact, I don't like Willis. I don't like Pickett and I don't like Corral. I just know that those are three guys I would never take in the first round, and I don't think are going to be consistent starters in the NFL. That's that's a stance. I don't think any amount of film I watch is going to change my mind about that. T Bone, any uh, any guys you've been watching recently that you want to shout out or, or diss or anything? Um, you know, this is at this is at the risk of uh, exposing some some potential rookie draft knowledge, but. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm really intrigued by James Cook, man. I think James Cook is really, really damn good, um, and I think he's going to be a lot better as a pro that, than he was. Uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't that he was bad at Georgia, but he was just in such a, a staple down there that uh, I'm really intrigued by James Cook's uh, skill set as a Is running he the back. edge or the interior guy? Running back. Running back for Georgia. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Dalvin Cook's Dalvin little brother. Cook's little brother. Oh. And he, he, okay. he definitely is not Dalvin, but they have a very similar running style, and he's uh, – He's kind of like a middle-class Dalvin Cook, and I, I think he's very good. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to start digging into receivers, man. I'm going to start off on receivers and uh, go from there. What about Drake London? What's the, what's stud. the deal with him? Stud. He's a stud. I love Drake London. Stud. They're at 32? No. 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 He should go top 10. Really? I was really hoping yeah. that wow. – there would be like a lot of fade Drake London because of his ankle injury, and um, he there's not there's not going to be at all. Yeah, I mean he's an absolute stud. He, 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 I mean yeah, he was a stud for SC as a freshman. Played basketball his freshman year, which is always something I love. Uh, it's always good to look for in receivers if they're basketball players because the release packages are a lot. You know, it's like doing a crossover. You know, it's a uh, that, that stuff. Mm. That kind of stuff translates, and he's a big body um, who. Obviously, I think Mike Evans is a pretty like, comp that a lot of people like to make. Um, Mike Renner threw out Brandon Marshall, which I thought was interesting, um, who was an absolute stud back in his day. So, who, uh, who might be available for the Lions at 32 then, talking receivers? I think, I think David – I don't think Burks will be there because I think he's going to tear up the combine and he's going to get DK uh, – they're going to get DK FOMO over him, and I th- I, which I think is kind of um, – Kind of granted. I think David Bell, who Lee has brought up a bunch of times, um, is a guy who probably won't go till round two. Um, but I think that would be a great pick for the Lions. A, a dude who 
Obviously, I need to watch more, but I, he's been on. He's been with Purdue since the Rondale days, and has been uh, just a consistent, good player who's just does everything really well. And I'm incredibly confident that he's just going to come in um, and be a really good number two receiver at least at the next level in the NFL. Um, so I, I, like, yeah, I like David Bell a lot as well. I like David Bell. Um, Tommy there. See Ohio State. Purdue. 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 And Chris Olave. Oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. Yep. I think Chris Olave is an absolute stud too. Who might, maybe, maybe will be there for the Lions at 32, but probably goes in the 15 to 30 range. Um, guy with really elite speed and is an unbelievable route runner and has been balling at Ohio State again for three years. I remember. I think Lee has freshman year in that Michigan game. Um, he, yeah. he had an no, unbelievable was... game as like a freshman and a dude who's really fast, runs really good routes. Again, just going to be. The receiver class this year is good, man. We've had we've been George Pickens is another yeah, guy Pickens. who was hurt all year at Georgia. He's he's a good and player. And shout out to Jahan Dotson from Penn State is another guy. A guy that Lee um, Lee put me on that I that I that I that I like for a little sleeper is uh, Wandale from Kentucky. Yeah, Wandale, Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson is, is is awesome to watch. Kind of gives kind of gives you some Kadarius Tony vibes. Um, just his his ability after the catch. He's an absolute, you know. He's he's a baller, man. I think he's going to be a, a steal probably on day two of the draft. And Connor Connor Ryan is a big Sky Moore guy from Western Michigan. Yeah, Let's let the record let the record show the record that show he was also a big Eskridge guy. He was he was, he was tough, indeed tough rookie year. Hey, man, it's it's early in the in Eskridge's career. Yeah, I mean, no, but he's no, like no, already no, twenty seven. Yeah. Eskridge and Tutu Atwell were my two fades last year, and it's looking it's looking good for now. Tutu Atwell, man, geez, looking very good. Shout out the Rams, man, for picking Tutu Atwell in the in the second round and then winning the Super Bowl, and he didn't even play a snap. It's pretty hilarious. Lee, I want to. I mean, I'm, I'm shout out. I want to ask you about the Rams, Lee. Um, like, what do you think they're? I think Aaron Donald's gonna stay, and like McVay's gonna stay, right? You're getting Robert Woods back. Odell probably isn't there next year. I don't know. Odell, um, Odell probably can't play. Their into the offensive playoffs. line, though, to me is is like I don't know. I think the offensive line is a huge concern for me heading into the offseason. It was it was kind of shaky in the playoffs, but you had Whitworth um, on that left side, but he's probably he's retiring, I believe. And I don't know, man. Yeah, the line is a problem. Huge, um, and, and I don't know what resources really they have to. Other than like yeah. people, other than like people probably like wanting to go play for them. Yeah, I mean, I just like their team is still really good though. So, yeah. Like they still have Stafford and Cup and Woods and like Acres and uh, you know Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and like I don't know their yeah. Taylor Rapp is pretty good. Ernest Jones, like their team is really good. So Ashawn, um, corners just come out of the woodwork for the Rams. And are just like fine, like they like like serviceable corners come out of the woodwork for that team. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they should probably probably still be the favorite to win the division. I mean, I think it should be pretty close. That division's really good, but they're uh, they're the reigning champs, and um, I can assure you they probably won't be my Super Bowl pick next year. But um, I would be, you know, a way too early playoff prediction. I would probably assume the Rams will be in the mix. Um, I don't know. Gotta, gotta, you know, crack a few books this off season and, and figure it out. Um, and uh, Lee, any, yeah. any, any thoughts on what your G men should be doing with their two top ten picks? I mean, 
I think probably getting alignment in a, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, I really think that that would be a, gr- a good spot for a guy like Carl Loftus. Uh, maybe that's an overdraft. I don't know. I think he's really good. Um, and then just getting getting some help along the O-line. I think my guy Andrew Thomas, he just got surgery. He stepped up a little bit after having a, a pretty average to bad rookie year. And <clears throat> turns out he actually is a pretty serviceable to good left tackle. Um, so I think you've got like a good piece there. You've got a couple other good pieces on the inside. Um, but just figuring out that whole right tackle situation. Matt Pert, I think, got hurt. He wasn't, wasn't very great. Nate Solder, I think, is retiring. I don't know. He's not very good either. I think he just lost his job. So getting some help on the O-line, keeping Jones. If you want Jones to be the guy, you got to keep him upright. And I'm just tired of seeing Saquon run into, like, get the ball, you know, on a handoff and, and get, get contacted two yards behind the line of scrimmage and then have people tell you know, talking about how he's washed or whatever. I just think, you know, you got to kind of give the, give the guy an opportunity. So some help on both sides of the, the trenches. And I think that there's a lot to be excited about in, in the Meadowlands for the, for the G-men. And, uh, Xavier McKinney's a really good player. You know, Tony played pretty well last year. Um, the new coach is very exciting. So, yeah. Before we wrap up, uh, Tommy, Cowboys, early, early look at draft season. I think D-line, defense, 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 uh, corner, D-line, I think. Um, I think the corner class. Oh, another guy I really like, man, is Trent McDuffie, dude. I think Trent McDuffie might be my CB1, man. Not, from Washington? From Washington, yeah. They're both of them. Kyler Gordon, too, is really impressive, too. But Trent McDuffie, um, I just love Washington corners, man. Byron Murphy. Um, who, am, who else am I missing? Elijah there? Molden. Elijah Molden. Um, Buda Baker obviously came from came from uh, from Washington. Um, U-Dub. U-Dub. U-Dub is low key. They came up. They came up to uh, Ann Arbor and got the got the snot kicked out of them. I was at the game. Yep, they did indeed. Um, I can tell you, it probably wasn't McDuffie's fault though. No. <laughs> McDuffie and Gordon are both are both really interesting. McDuffie's probably going to be a first round pick. Um, Gordon might sneak in there too. But yeah, the Cowboys. I think you got to address the defense. Um, do not, uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs is not an elite corner. I don't think you can just um, rest on those laurels. It's he's not going to have 11 picks again next year. And their their defense wasn't good even. Um, you know, you have Parsons and the defense is good. Don't get me wrong. It's it's better than I thought it was going to be. But it's not this elite unit. Dan Quinn stain, which is awesome. Continue to just add talent there. Maybe get a guy like Big Boy Jordan Davis out of 20 26 or whatever it is, and just plug him in the middle. They need some help on the interior of the defensive line. Um, so, I think just attack that defense and really try and put that unit. Just over trade the top. Kelvin Joseph in your first round pick for Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Kelvin, Kelvin, you know, Kelvin needs to throw in Nishan or whatever his name is. Uh, who's the kid from Oregon State that you guys drafted? Oh, Nashawn Wright. Yeah, throw in yeah. Nashawn Wright of um, Last Chance U. His brother was on Last Chance U. Um, yeah, I think the Cowboys need to attack defense. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that that Gallup rumor is is weird. I don't. I have a hard time seeing them being able to do that. So, um, yeah, defense, defense for the boys. All right. Well, uh, any anything anything any last words or maybe a, a look ahead? What should be uh, on the, on the docket next for us? Looking at a position group or. 
Probably, right? I mean, probably should start making some. When's the uh, when's the old now. combine? Combine's it's the end of the month. Yeah, March first, I think. Ten, ten days away. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, let's let's get a little let's get a little position group going. Any nominees? Um. Let's let's start in the trenches, man. Where where in the trenches, Lee? I don't know. I, don't know. I was just throwing it out there, and I have to I have to choose where in the trenches. Like it can't just How be about, a, uh, a team effort. I mean, multiple. Uh, it's a deep edge class. You guys want to get? You want to sink our teeth into this edge class? I, I'm happy to do that. Let's dive in. Let's dive let's in. Start on the edge. I know it's probably the strength of the draft, man. There's a lot of. Uh, that guy from Florida State tore up the Senior Bowl. Ojabo. I think there's. A, I think the corners are deep. Yeah, the corners are deep, man. Corners are deep. We gotta. We gotta wait for Carl Jones to do his due diligence. Yeah. Oh, Florida. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is there? A, we might just have to let him free solo. <laughs> is there a? Um, is there a, maybe like a group of edges that we all want to do that maybe we can each take uh, maybe like two of the the outside of the. Yeah. Consensus guys, and we can, we can all share our opinions on those. So we obviously should sure. do Hutchinson, Thibodeau, uh, Karloftis, Ojabo. Um, and then you get into the Jermaine Johnsons of the world. Uh, Lee, there's that kid from. Uh, you know, Ojabo is also from Michigan? Yeah. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Woody Pay, Hutchinson, Ojabo. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, man. Rashawn yeah, Gary, yeah. don't forget Something about Rashawn Gary. Don't forget about Rashawn Gary. Winovich, yeah, jeez. Um, um, yeah, we can we can decide the the group. Cool. All right. Boy, uh, here, I've heard a lot about this boy Moffat. Yeah, boy Moffat, from Minnesota. All right, we can we can split these up amongst ourselves. Yeah. Q draft day. You draft it. You draft it.